Welcome to our brand new teaching series, Summer at the Movies. Excuse me while I eat my popcorn. Today we are launching our brand new teaching series. It's a three-part trilogy of, of messages. This week, the first installment, if you haven't guessed already, a bit of a clue on the screen. The Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Now, I have been very excited about today. Let you into a little secret. I am a massive Lord of the Rings geek, like a little bit too big. I've kind of got over it a little bit, but this has maybe reawakened it a little bit. Um, I never thought I'd be able to preach on Lord of the Rings. Um, when I was a teenager, I had Argonath, which is like a carved, two carved statues of the kings of men on my bedroom wall, behind my bed where I slept. It had plaster of Paris on the wall, so the rocks actually stood out. You could feel like a rock texture. I was like massively into Lord of the Rings. Earlier this year, my family, we went on a family holiday. My sisters are in Australia, although one of them's here, about to go back to Australia. Um, so we went out to visit, and then of course, we went to New Zealand. I did not care about anything in New Zealand. People want to go to Rotorua, they want to go to all these places. Hobbiton was the only place for me. So we went got a picture. We went to the real-life Shire. There we are. How good is that? Best day of my life. <laughs> Not really. Um, in fact, when I was choosing the clips for this, I actually managed to rack up 35 minutes of clips, and that's the whole time I have to preach. So we better get started. Um, no, I do actually have something to say. But today, as we look at Lord of the Rings, I hope you find it valuable. I hope you find it insightful. Um, we can learn from anything. You may have noticed today that there's no teaching notes. That is intentional. Um, if you are tech savvy or you just have a phone and you've got the YouVersion Bible app, then there are actually notes that you can follow along there. So there's an event section on the app. If you download the app, go to the event section, it will show the C3 Church as a location and service times, and you can actually follow along some of the notes in there. You can make your own notes. And there's some C3 group questions in there as well. So anyway, we better get started because we've got a lot to cover. Um, if you haven't opened your popcorn yet, then open it up now. I'm excited. I've got popcorn on stage. It's not very often I get to preach with popcorn. Um, but here goes this week's first installment, Summer at the Movies. Clip. Go. Is it secret? Is it safe? Ah. What are you doing? Hold out your hand, Frodo. It's quite cool. see anything? Nothing. There's nothing. Wait. There are markings. It's some form of elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. 
Aldo. In the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, bite them. This is the one ring forged by the Dark Lord Sauron in the fires of Mount Doom, taken by Isildur from the hand of Sauron himself. Bilbo found it. In Gollum's cave. Yes. For 60 years, the ring lay quiet in Bilbo's keeping, prolonging his life, delaying old age. But no longer, Frodo. Evil is stirring in Mordor. The ring has awoken. It's heard its master's call. But he was destroyed. Sauron was destroyed. No, Frodo. The spirit of Sauron endured. His life force is bound to the ring, and the ring survived. Sauron has returned. His orcs are multiplied. His fortress of Barador is rebuilt in the land of Mordor. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. He is seeking it. Seeking it all his thought is bent on it. The ring yearns above all else to return to the hand of its master. They are one. The ring and the Dark Lord. Frodo, he must never find it. All right. We put it away. We keep it hidden. We never speak of it again. No one knows it's here, do they? Do they, Gandalf? There is one other who knew that Bilbo had the ring. I looked everywhere for the creature Gollum, but the enemy found him first. I don't know how long they tortured him. Amidst the endless screams and inane babble, they discerned two words. Baggins! Shire. Baggins? But that would lead them here. Take it, Gandalf. Take it. No, Frodo. You must take it. You cannot offer me this ring. I'm giving it to you. Don't tempt me, Frodo. I dare not take it. Not even to keep it safe. Understand, Frodo. I would use this ring from a desire to do good. But through me, it would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine. But it cannot stay in the Shire. No. No, it can't. What must I do? You must leave. And leave quickly. Where? Where do I go? Get out of the Shire. Make for the village of Bree. Bree. What about you? I'll be waiting for you at the inn of the Prancing Pony. And the ring will be safe there? I don't know, Frodo. I don't have any answers. I must see the head of my order. He is both wise and powerful. Trust me, Frodo. You'll know what to do. You'll have to leave the name of Baggins behind you. But that name is not safe outside the shire. Travel only by day. 
and stay off the road. I can cut across country easily enough. My dear Frodo, hobbits really are amazing creatures. You can learn all that there is to know about their ways in a month, and yet after a hundred years, they can still surprise you. Get down. Samwise Gamgee, have you been eavesdropping? I am a dropping no eaves, sir, honest. I was just cutting the grass under the window there, if you follow me. A little late for trimming the verge, don't you think? I raised voices. What did you hear? Speak! N -n Nothing important. That is, I heard a good deal about a ring and a dark lord and something about the end of the world, but please, Mr. Gandalf, sir, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me in anything unnatural. No. Perhaps not. I've thought of a better use for you. Come along, Samwise. Keep up. Be careful, both of you. The enemy has many spies in his service. Birds. Beasts. Is it safe? Never put it on, for the agents of the Dark Lord will be drawn to its power. Always remember Frodo. The ring is trying to get back to its master. It wants to be found. Today, I want to talk to us about living with convictions. Uh, this image in the background is actually what I had painted on my bedroom wall, so I was into the Lord of the Rings. In this scene, we are joined by Gandalf and Frodo. It's about half an hour into the film. Um, and Gandalf has been kind of finding out about the ring. He's been doing some research. And he's just discovered his worst fears. That this is not just simply a magic ring. This is the one ring. Um, Gandalf is a man of conviction. A few scenes earlier, we see that Gandalf is presented with the opportunity to take the ring for himself when no one's watching but he doesn't even touch it, he leaves it there. Frodo even attempts to get him to take it in that scene we just saw. Frodo says, take it, Gandalf. But Gandalf says, don't tempt me, Frodo, which is brilliant. <laughs> and I want to suggest today that we can all learn from this. One of my favorite passages of scripture is James 1, and it says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. There are competing demands on everybody. The noise of the world, the whirlwind of distraction, hustle and striving, they can be so loud. All of you in this room are at different stages of life but we all have to face the same obstacle, the same obstacle of life. 
For you, it might be you have to get up early. You might have to get your kids ready to go to school, although summer holidays, hallelujah. You might have to get ready for work. You might have to drop your kids at school and then get yourself to work. Or you might have schoolwork that you need to do early in the mornings, get yourself ready, get to the bus, catch the school bus, get to school. It could be anything. But we all have full, busy lives. But none of that is an excuse to forget about convictions. The Bible is so strong on the importance of being firm in belief, particularly in this context, faith in what you ask of God. The verse is this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And I love the poetic language of this verse, blown and tossed by the wind. Not simply just describing someone as a little bit unstable, but blown and tossed by the wind. And just think about it. Have you ever been in strong gale force winds? What it feels like to be in that? Well, I can remember a time when me and Katie, my wife, were on honeymoon. And we, we went to the uh, islands of Santorini, which is an amazing place. Uh, we had this little red Hyundai i10, tiny little car, really tiny. And it was a little bit difficult to drive. The roads aren't exactly the same as they are in the UK. There were some interesting roads. But Santorini is a beautiful place. It's probably as good as it gets when it comes to Greek blue-domed, whitewashed architecture. We, we loved it. It's the perfect honeymoon destination. Well, we were staying in that bit of the island, but we decided to go and explore a little bit down the other end of the island, which is still nice, but it's not quite as nice. And... Um, I was driving this car. I'd already hit the wing mirror of a passing car because I wasn't used to driving on the left. So Katie, at this point, is thinking, get me out of here. Let me out of this car. I'm going to walk back to the hotel. I'm not staying in the car any longer. We even turned around, but then we managed to work it out, and we turned back around again. Good success. First marital argument overdone. <laughs> and we were driving around, and we discovered this place called Ancient Thera. Now, the main island of Santorini is called Thera. So... We thought, oh, this, this sounds interesting. And it's up this hill, this windy, windy track. And I thought, there's not going to be anything up there. What a waste of driving, bit boring. Let's not do it. Anyway, five minutes later, we're at the top of the hill. And uh, I think I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to stand on this thing and I'm going to take a photo. Get out of the car. 37 mile per hour winds at the top of this hill. I take one photo, and I'm so scared that I'm going to get blown over and get killed on my honeymoon, thrown to the bottom of the hill, that I get straight back in the car. And here's a picture of the photo that I took. It's not exactly inspiring, is it? There's a container with a Coca-Cola sign on it, bit of a roundabout that we drove around and went straight back down again. I want to make a point out of this. I got scared, I was blown around, tossed around by the wind, and I hopped straight back in the car. We need to remain strong in our convictions. Strong in what we believe, or we will go through life on catch-up, powerless to make change, powerless to impact our world. And the Bible teaches this in Ephesians, it says, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every 
opportunity. At C3, we have a list of values. They flow out of our mission statement, reaching and shaping a generation with the message and cause of Christ. Now, I've got a bag of Maltesers here, because when you go to the cinema in the Campbell family, Mr. Steve Campbell always gets a bag of Maltesers, because that's what you do when you go to the cinema. So if anyone can give me two values, I'll give you a bag of Maltesers, and you can't be on staff at C3. You ruled out. Anyone, come on. They're easy. Come on, yell it out. Yep, Chris knew. Oh, yeah, look at that. Brilliant. So we've got 10 values. I'm going to read them out. We value lost people. We value making disciples. We value word and spirit. We value excellence. We value passionate Christianity. We value having fun. We value generosity. We value community. We value honor and we value grace. This is the list that we endeavor to live by. And I want to suggest that we should live by convictions based on our values. Based on our values. And our values are those. And as we look at these next few clips, for me, some of the values of C3 and values that we should uphold as, as Christians, I'm going to, I just want us to delve into a little bit more. So we're going to look at the next clip before we delve into any more from The Lord of the Rings. What are you doing? The race is still out there! Last of 
been. Not now. We join Frodo there on after his kind of first leg of the journey. There's quite a lot that happens in Lord of the Rings. It's a very long film. It takes a long time to, for anything to happen. So I, apologies, I had to cut a lot out. I know you all wanted to watch more. <laughs> well, they arrived at this rendezvous point that Gandalf had talked about in the first scene with him missing, not there. Gandalf didn't make it. But they met with a friend of Gandalf's called Strider. He took them towards the elves, towards Rivendell, where they were there. And they were ambushed on the way by the Black Riders, those guys on horses that were wearing black, black riders, and uh, called Ring Race. The, Frodo was stabbed, so you can see him there looking ill and not very happy. But I don't know about you. I don't really have days where I'm chased down by hordes of you know, angry horses with men with swords and weird cloaks. But I do have some pretty tough days. I have some tough days where keeping going, keeping motivated, not doubting what I believe in, and sticking to my convictions is tough. Living out a value of generosity when you're so busy and you're so stressed is difficult. Knowing that you need to be in community but you're tired and all you want to do is go lie down and have a sleep is, is tough. But we've got to keep pushing on. It's not okay to give up because life is hard. James 1 continues from the verse earlier and says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life. The little reading I did into this suggested that this wasn't talking about eternal life, but this was talking about a specific crown, a specific kind of accolade saying, well done for being faithful, for persevering through trial. I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I want to receive the crown of life that says, well done for being faithful. Well done for keeping going through the trials. Well done. Well done. What I love about the message of the Lord of the Rings, you can't avoid this. You've got to keep on going. Bit of a spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen it. Imagine most people know this. He gets there. He makes it to Mount Doom. He manages to Melt the ring in the fires of Mount Doom. He makes it. You've got to keep on going. We can all learn from that in our lives. When you're lazy, you miss out. And you remove the option to persevere. When you prefer your flesh and your natural inclination, then you can miss out on the more that God has for your life. Don't give in. Keep running. Decisions you make when you're not in the moment, when you have a list of values like that, will keep you. Like Frodo in the Shire. I love the first clip where Frodo is standing there. Gandalf's explained this massive picture of doom and gloom, all the powers of Mordor. And Frodo just says, what must I do? What must I do? Your convictions will keep you going. They will enable you to stay on your path. Let's take a look at our fourth clip. The context of this is Frodo has been recovering. He's been in Rivendell with the elves. He's begun to recover, and he's chatting to his uncle, Bilbo. Bilbo. 
Shire. I spent all my childhood pretending I was off somewhere else. Off with you on one of your adventures. My own adventure turned out to be quite different. I'm not like you, Bilbo. My dear boy. Now what have I forgotten? Packed already. No harm in being prepared. Thought you wanted to see the old Sam. I do. More than anything. I did. It's just... We did what Gandalf wanted, didn't we? We got the ring this far to Rivendell, and I thought... Seeing as how you're on the mend, we'd be off soon. Off home. You're right, Sam. We did what we set out to do. The ring will be safe in Rivendell. I am ready to go home. His strength returns. That wound will never fully heal. He will carry it the rest of his life. And yet to have come so far, still bearing the ring, the Hobbit has shown extraordinary resilience to its evil. It is a burden he should never have had to bear. We can ask no more of Frodo. It's so easy to become distracted by the past by nostalgia, by a warm feeling, the thought of days gone by. Once upon a time, my serving in church looked like playing drums, just, just playing drums. Um, I still play drums in church, I'm playing next Sunday, but once upon a time, that was it. And my belief for my life was that I was going to become a professional drummer. That was my goal, professional drummer. I dreamed of going to college in London. I dreamed of studying drums and becoming the best drummer in the world. I was a little bit naive, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to become the best drummer in the world. Somewhere along the way, something changed. I find myself with my dad at an open day for a Christian music and Bible college in Coventry. And we're sat there, we're in the auditorium, and there's a presentation going on. And the people sat in front of us, dad knows. Dad knows everyone. There's always someone he knows. Um, we sat there. These people are the parents of the principal of the music college, which is just bizarre. They've never been there before. The college has been open for 11 years when I went there at the time. They'd never been. They decided that this weekend, they were over from America, and they were going to visit the college. I took that for me as a bit of a sign, that God was saying, this is where I want you to be. It was a bit of a crazy God coincidence that they were there and we just thought this is a sign so I decided to go there to Nexus and for me that was significant that led to me working for church I don't saying that working for church is the goal but it took me on a different trajectory than where I thought my life was going now I can look back now and I can think to myself sometimes I really love drums like, drums is one of my biggest passions in life. I still love drums. God's given me a gift. He's given me an ability. And I know of myself that if I applied myself, I could get to a good professional standard where I could make a living from drums. 
And I used to love it when all I did was play drums. Life was so much easier. My role on Sundays was much different when all I did was play drums. I didn't have to have responsibility for anything else. I just played drums. And I can look back at that and think, oh, life was so much better and easier then, wasn't it? Life was so much easier. But that's not what God wants for me. God wants more for me. There is more for what God wants for my life than I once dreamed of. And I want to challenge you. It's the same for you. God wants more for you than your little dreams. He wants more for you than you can even think or imagine. <laughs> Comparison is a killer. Frodo says in this, I spent all my childhood wishing I was off somewhere else, off with you on one of your adventures. The grass isn't always greener, although it might be in the shire. Comparison steals your ability to think big for your own life. It puts your own life down, and it makes others greater than you. Don't do it. Stop it. God has called us for purpose. God has called us to do something unique. I've got friends that have carried on from music college that have ended up doing some great stuff. Uh, one of my friends plays with a band called Clean Bandit now, who are a big band. He's done well for himself. But he's been very open, and he's blogged quite openly about the struggles that he's had. And I just think, thank you, God, for saving me from some of those things. And that's not to say that it's, that's not the right thing to do for you. It might be the right thing to do for you. If, that's, you know, if you want to become a pro drummer, great, amazing. But that's not what God had for me. And I would have missed out by following a path that wasn't right. I love how that clip ended. Gandalf and Elrond, who's kind of the master wise elf. Gandalf just says, we can ask no more of Frodo. We can ask no more of Frodo. And I think sometimes we too often look at the experts, the people that lack faith for our situation, people that might have been there before, but they haven't got the faith, and we too often fall back on it, and we don't grab the more that God has for us in our life. Let's take a look at our penultimate clip. We're a few minutes on, and there's a council of all the races of Middle Earth talking about what are we going to do with this one ring. You have only one choice. The ring must be destroyed. And what are we waiting for? <laughs> The ring cannot be destroyed, Gimli, son of Gloy, by any craft that we here possess. The ring was made in the fires of Mount Doom. Only there can it be unmade. It must be taken deep into Mordor and cast back into the fiery chasm from whence it came. One of you must do this. One does not simply walk into Mordor. Its black gates are guarded by more than just orcs. There is evil there that does not sleep. And the great eye is ever watchful. It is a barren wasteland, riddled with fire and ash and dust. The very air you breathe is a poisonous fume. Not with 10,000 men could you do this. 
It is folly. Have you heard nothing Lord Elrond has said? The ring must be destroyed. And I suppose you think you're the one to do it. And if we fail, what then? What happens when Sauron takes back what is his? I will be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf. Take the ring to Mordor. No. I do not know the way. I will help you bear this burden, Frodo Baggins, as long as it is yours to bear. By my life or death, I can protect you. my sword. And you have my bow. And my axe. You carry the face of us all, little one. If this is indeed the will of the council, then Gondor will see it done. Mr. Frodo's not going anywhere without me. No, indeed, it is hardly possible to separate you even when he is summoned to a secret council and you are not. Wait, we're coming too! We'll have to send us home tied up in a sack to stop it. Anyway, you need people of intelligence on this sort of mission, quest, thing. Well, that rules you out, Pip. Nine companions. So be it. You shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Where are we going? I think that's got to be my favourite line. Great. Where are we going? God has called each and every one of you to do something specific with your lives. He made you for purpose to do something great. Sometimes you've got to step up and you've got to own it. Joshua 1.9 is a very popular verse. I bet many of you in here have it as your favorite verse that you could probably recite. Often comes up. It's one of my favorite verses. And the verse talks about how God is always with Joshua. He will be with him wherever he goes. And that's a promise for us in our lives too. God is with us. We have no need to fear. We can be confident, we can be courageous in our God. It's funny how Frodo can't really be heard. Frodo is kind of insignificant. You can't really hear him, yet he steps out. And he owns his own purpose. Who else can relate to that feeling of insignificance? Feeling of, I'm small, 
I can't make a difference. I don't know what I'm about or who I am. Well, I want to suggest this. Frodo, yes, I'm going there with Frodo, made a difference to the entire world. He made a difference to the entire of Middle Earth by one little action. Just because it's true in Lord of the Rings doesn't mean it can't be true for us in our lives. We've seen time and time again the importance of the individual and how they can make a difference to the entire world. It's true for you too. In this scene, there's a guy called Boromir. I never really liked Boromir. I know. Spoiler alert again, he dies. Um, I wasn't happy about that, obviously. But Boromir is a bit of a naysayer. He's the expert. He's the one that's from Gondor, which is nearby Mordor. And so he's the expert. He's there. He's saying, it can't be done. It's not possible, but I'll try anyway. But they ignore him. They ignore the faithless one, and they go anyway. And I think we need to be like that. In the face of the experts, we've said it time and time again about this building. They said as it couldn't be done. And here we are, and it's standing here now. You can do it. One of my favorite things about the end of this clip is the picture that it paints of the fellowship there, of them together. So be it. You will be the fellowship of the ring together. You can rely on each other. You need other people in your life. Every single one of you is important, and you have important parts to play in each other's lives. Everyone has value. We're going to look at our... Final clip, which is very sad because it means it's coming to the end of the preach talking about Lord of the Rings, but it's okay. I'll be all right. Don't worry, guys. Here it comes, the last clip. Context of this, very end of the movie, Frodo about to go off on his own. Have a look. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. final song now but I want us to focus on that revelation and I believe yes it's a film it's a movie we can still get revelation from it we can still get revelation from it the movie
movie Lord of the Rings was written by a guy who was a Christian, Tolkien. It has been said by many people that he wrote this as a picture of the gospel, but that's not actually true. He'd written about how he didn't do that. He just said that I was a Christian, so how can my writings not be affected by my faith? So his faith was clear through some of that picture. So I believe that we can learn lessons from it. And that that line there that says, all that you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you can be revelation for you in your life. We only have one life. We only have one opportunity to live. And I don't think that means that we should live in fear. We shouldn't live thinking this might be my last day. Oh no, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I believe that that means we need to live with the confidence of boldness that we've got a job to do. And for me, this really comes into reality. This becomes go time when we put in the context of others. Because the more that God has for you isn't so that you will live the best life ever. It's not so that you can acquire more stuff. It's so that you can go and you can share his gospel with confidence because there's more for you because there's more for other people. There's more that God wants for others. There's more that he needs to take through you. And I believe that you might not know your specific purpose in this room, but there are general purposes of God's kingdom. And your specific purpose, I want to suggest, might be just playing a part in God's general purposes. Your specific purpose might be, you might be the only person that can witness to that one person in that moment and in that time. You might be the only person that can witness to that person in that moment and in that time. I'm not saying that they'll never have an opportunity to hear the gospel again. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but you don't want to miss out. You might have an open door into someone's life. Don't miss out on it. Don't rule it out. We're not alone in this. God is with you. Like Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. So we need to be passionate about this. One of our values as a church is passionate Christianity. And I believe that can be outworked through many ways. But right now, a real practical example of that is we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And we're going to worship. And I want to encourage you. I looked around before I got on the platform and I don't want to condemn anyone. I never want to condemn anyone. But I'm just amazed at how many people seem to struggle with the idea of singing and raising their hands. Let's do something uncomfortable today. If you haven't had the courage before to stand up and to sing, make that your first step. Everyone here is focused on Jesus. They're not focused on you. They're focused on the God of gods and the Lord of lords. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about what's going on in this room. Get over your Britishness. It's stupid. I hate being British sometimes, but I love it at the same time. Be passionate. Rich Raider down there, he's an American guy. We can learn from the Americans. He's a passionate guy. He's jonesing all the time. We love it when he says that. Let's be a passionate people. My, my nan always had this. She still has it. She's kind of, she doesn't really say much. I spoke to her on the phone not long ago. She had the priestly blessing in front of her and she just read it to me. And I was just like, that's so cool that my nan doesn't really understand anything and she's still reading me the scriptures. It's really cool. But she had this one verse. She always used to say it all the time. We filmed a testimony with her and it's the way she ended it. And it was this. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's live with that conviction. 
in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths as we go out from this room let him direct your paths acknowledge him in all things in the little things I'm not saying be hyper spiritual over spiritualized stuff and say God what cereal do you want me to eat I'm saying God help me I need to chat to someone about Jesus and I want to acknowledge that your ways are greater than my ways. Give me confidence to do this. I want to be bold in my witness. I want to see people in this room that are going from an eternity without Jesus to an eternity with Jesus because people in this room have stepped up and have made a difference. So let's sing because that's one of the only ways I know how to respond. How to respond to something like this is to give the glory back to God. We're going to sing a song now, All Hail King Jesus. Let's sing like it matters because it does. Let's be passionate about this. Come on, let's sing.